And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glovers Cast, episode 310. Yeovil Town are 13 points clear at the top of the National League and they've got a bit of time off. Dave Coates has also got a bit of time off, flat-packing, unflat-packing furniture from uh, Ikea. He's got company, I think, to help him because, as he testified last week, he is useless at that sort of thing. So we've got Ben Barrett. Hiya! How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Off the bench. I'm, I'm all right. I'm okay. Good. And off the bench after a, a, a quite a spell on the sidelines, actually. Back to match fitness is Elliot Watts. Welcome back, Elliot. Good evening. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. All the better for seeing you two gentlemen, of course. Thanks for having me back. I was worried I was going to be like GMD, getting out on lane somewhere else. But <laughs> I found my way back into the team. So, uh, yeah, not heading off to talk any time just yet. Yeah, we can't loan you. We can't loan you upwards just yet. What's it? <laughs> I was wondering if you two had thawed out from your Tuesday night in Taunton. Um, about. yeah, it was freezing, <laughs> wasn't it? How cold was that? Was it your toes? The I wore two very thick pairs of socks, and uh, was okay. I had tracky. I didn't have long johns, but I had trackies on under jeans. Um. <laughs> to, Give me that extra layer on the legs and yeah, plenty on the top as well. Got like a fleecy hat as well that I wore. I yeah, I prepared for it. And I even get in my try I didn't take many pictures because as soon as I got my hands out of my pockets and took my gloves off, it was like, Ooh, I can't feel anything. So yeah, it was cold. Okay, so I've just learned two things. One, you probably look like the Michelin man on Tuesday night, which is why I didn't see you. I had more of the image of, you know, when Joey Tribbiani puts on all Chandler's clothes in Friends. You steal my seat, I'm going to wear everything you own. That image. <laughs> Watsy's looking confused at me. Do you not get that reference? <laughs> I'm not. I, I've seen the GIF. I'm not a Friends guy, but I have seen the GIF. Okay. The, second, the second part is I think the podcast needs to invest in some of them phone use gloves for you, Ian. The ones yeah. where you can use your phone. No. So, well, I have got them. I have got them, but I took thicker gloves because it was so cold that didn't, you know, they aren't suitable for that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was just, it was all about staying warm, really, and not trying to get pictures of pyro and that sort of thing on <laughs> Tuesday night for me. That looked warm, mate, didn't <laughs> it? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go against any any safety regulations or anything. It was just there purely to warm people up. Yeah, that's all it was there for. So there'll there'll be no repercussions from the FA. It was just it was basically survival tactics, is what that was at that point. It was bare grills in the away end. <laughs> I presume whoever set it off has now handed themselves into the stewards as requested by the over the tannoy. Um, 
Yeah, I would imagine that was the first thing. There. That's exactly what you're going to do, isn't it? In a, yeah. in a way, and where you can't even hear them requesting someone's hand themselves over to the steward, the thing you're going to do is go, that was me, actually. Hand up. <laughs> Take me out. <laughs> Give me I a free year banner. I love that idea. I've just walked. Um, I heard a tannoy noise from me. Someone had to move a car, and I did something with a smoke bomb. Yeah, was that? Which one's me? Yeah, actually, I am so cold that I'll I'll own up to that. And if you can get me in inside in the warm, um, yeah, thank you. Bridgewater's a warm place on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. Yeah. So that was a fun fun evening. It was cold, like we've said, but it was it was a fun one. Um. Bit of a surprise in the, the starting liner with um well I think it was a surprise. A nice surprise with Sonny starting um in behind Frank Nublay up front rather than the old Murphlay combination. Um yeah, so that was yeah, and I thought the you know doors back on the bench. Obviously we've probably got a bit of a agreement with Taunton not to not to play Morgan in that game. Um but what were your thoughts when you you saw the lineup, Ben? You were at home watching on the stream in in the warm. Were you at home or were you I somewhere was, else? Then? I was um, at my place of employment, okay. working incredibly hard between seven forty five and ten pm. Um, yeah. I, I kind of agreed with you. I, I, my first thought was it, it was going to be that it would be unchanged, but actually, it's probably a bit of minute managing and. Maybe it was a bit of foreshadowing, but I thought back to the Halifax game last year where... Elliot, did you go up to Halifax? Yeah, that was cold as well. So it was cold, but it was that, that awful, sandy, soggy pitch. And we said before the game, someone's hamstring is going to go. And yeah. it was Lawson's, wasn't it? And Yeah, it the reminded... minute he ran 100 metres, it went. <laughs> yeah, and it reminded me of, I wonder if we're just being careful on a pitch that's taken an awful lot of battering from weather. Let's not, let's not use it unless we have to type of thing. Um, and we'll probably touch on it later, but we might've got away with it. Hopefully have got away with it with, with Murphy. So that was my thought process. Something I didn't really think about until that night really was, I wonder if we've just looked at the conditions and gone, it's not worth the risk. I don't even think it's conditions to be honest. I don't think Murphy's going to be playing Saturday, Tuesdays. Like, He's getting 60 minutes on a Saturday anyway. Mm. He's a bit prone to knocks. We've seen that like last year when he was at South End and he didn't play very much football at all. I don't think it's really the pitch or the conditions that were taken into account there. It was the fact that we got one over comfortably on these last time. We probably wouldn't have risked Murphy against anyone after playing at the weekend. Um, and I expect the plan was for him to get 20 minutes on mm. Tuesday night. Mm. Yeah, and I think the way Sonny performed when he came on at the weekend against Bath sort of showed, well, we know how good he is, but it was sort of a, oh, <laughs> let's have him in there and give him the start as well. And yeah, I thought he was excellent on Tuesday night. Sonny's developing, isn't he, as a player? He's going up levels at the moment. I think the more time he's sort of had in the team, also just taking him out every now and again as well, because I think he's one of them players who hits a bit of form and then has quite a big dip and his performances aren't up to what they were. That sort of in and out of the team's working really well with Sonny Blue because when he gets those chances and gets those starts, he really shows why he deserves them. 
One thing I've thought about Sonny this year, and actually when we saw him initially on trial, I questioned whether or not we would need a player like him. Um, plays really well in games when the team is playing well and looks standout. Um, but this season, what he's added to his game is he's a dual role player now. He does the in the middle of a two thing and can break up play as much as he can be in the role that we saw him on Tuesday, which is probably his best role. And probably if you asked him where he'd want to play. Um, but the fact that he's got the extra strings to his bow and can do that nasty job a little bit better and things like that means that he's not just a luxury player. He's a player for all occasions now. And that's been the biggest jump from Sonny that I've seen anyway, is that when we first saw him in the two, we all kind of went, really, is that going to work? And then it kind of did. And then we can take him out and bring him in back in the position we saw him on Tuesday. That's been my biggest, yeah, that, that's been my biggest takeaway from Sonny this season. Um, he's led so many of our man of the match votes when he's started games. It's it's no, I think he's leading um, the one from Tuesday night as well. He wasn't the one that I chose, but he was, he was just so influential. And I love it when he's in one of those, He's in one of those moods where he just wants the ball. Give me the damn ball. Let's make something happen. And yeah, like it. He was everywhere, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you look at what he does in that position versus what JMD was doing in that position mm. when he was playing, just totally different players. I think the most I can probably liken him to is what Lawson Diaf was probably without the injuries. He's got that kind of flair when he's on the ball and can make stuff happen um but can also put in a good tackle now as well which is I it's funny you say that because I it wasn't Lawson that came to my mind and it was something that I was thinking about today with something that we'll talk about later in one of the GCQs he reminds me of a bit of a Jimmy Smith Look at the yeah. smile on that man's face in the bottom of my Zoom call. He just, he, I remember him because th- I was angry about him wearing five, but being a 10. Um, and he's got that. He's got that demand of give me the ball, make things happen. But if he has to go back and do something a bit ugly and pick the ball up from the defense and stuff, he can. And that's that was the comparison that I had in my mind. And you don't always need that. You don't always need that. You need a front two, a proper front two. And so you'd have... Murphy, uh, Murphy and Nuble, and you'd have a proper two, and and that's where he might miss out in the same way that Jimmy Smith might miss out in that situation. But it just that's the first sign of of a really, really good player, important player for us, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think another option in that forward area that we didn't yep. necessarily haven't necessarily seen play that that role. Um, like onto the game, then that sort of first half. It was quite a different game to the one at Hewish Park. It's a Obviously, a lot game. tighter, a lot closer. Taunton seemed to have the main goal of kicking our players about a bit and roughing them up. Which I suppose it was like that on Boxing Day, to a certain extent. Not, but not to that not, level. Like the, some of the tackles on Jordan Young, I thought were <laughs> horrendous. Mm. Um, I thought the ref had a really. I thought the ref had a really poor game. I thought there were a couple of challenges on Young very early on and one on Cooper, I want to say, that any other position would have been yellow cards. He had a chance to stamp that authority and kind of stop that type of... It's not a football tactic at all. It was 
It's pretty awful. I, it was just terrible to watch. Didn't enjoy it one bit from their point of view. And Rob Bray was com- um, completely okay with it after the game. He said, oh, we have to disrupt the game. We had to make it ugly. And I just, yeah, I know they've got a lot going on, but it was, yeah, I, I, it was awful to watch. I'm going to say I didn't mind it. I thought we were flying them with a few as well across the well, pitch. And I felt, I felt yeah. like we had to, to try and get anything out of it because they, yeah, I, I, I did, and I didn't like that the game became that as much as anything else. I'm not laying it all on Taunton's doorstep. They certainly started it, and, and I don't think we may necessarily cover ourselves massively in, off the back of it. It just wasn't a pleasant football match. It was just different, wasn't it, from Boxing yeah, yeah. Day? So different, and it and that's that's good. Like we we went up to Bath and we saw it was Jordan Young had lumps taken out of him that night, wasn't it? Or no, yeah. it was Dartford away where he had absolute lumps taken out of him about six or seven times. Like they're just different challenges and different puzzles to crack. And probably by the end of the first half, people might have thought it would never come. It was one of them. They Taunton seemed to have a million men behind the ball, just everywhere the ball went. There was just men, mm. like it wasn't getting into the box. They were sort of surrounding the area, or in the area, and it was just a going to be one of those ones that eventually thought going to rely on a changer or a piece of magic because this won't work carrying on this way. No, and they did defend well for for, for all those, you know. Some of the tackling was a bit strong, but like like you said, Watsy, we sort of matched it as well. And I think you know some of our, I think one or particularly in that second half, put in a quite a strong challenge on one of their players that, um, you know, shows that we're up to that fight and up to that battle. But like you said, at Hewish Park, it's a totally different pitch. That that pitch wasn't amazing. It's I've, I've always when we've played there pre season, I've always. I don't think I've ever seen a good us play a good game there, there just because the pitch is so like uneven and wobbly and yeah there was that side I think it was the looking at the stream it was the camera side down towards where we all went in Watsy that was sort of that side of the pitch seemed to be the bit that was the most affected I think there was a couple of bobbles there where players ended up shanking it over the top of the stand and stuff. Um, Around the goal, yeah, it's terrible as well, didn't it? You could yeah. just see mud in places. Yeah, and I just don't think we were the way they disrupted us. Obviously, they'd signed Zach Bell on the day, um, so he knew a little bit about us coming into the team. And I, I don't think Courtney Senior got didn't really get much out of him, did he? And particularly in the first half, and obviously he was changed at half time for Murphy. What What were your thoughts on Senior's performance? What's he? Tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I thought he started well at Dartford. I know um, Eastbourne just before Christmas. Um, as a player, I'm not seeing a lot from him at the moment. Don't know what everyone else thinks. Um, but Tuesday night, it was almost non-existent. He'd get the ball in places and either mess his touch up or sort of run into traffic and not know what to do with it. And I just think you could tell when Murphy was getting ready at halftime, exactly what the change was, never in the way and thought exactly the same, even before you saw him getting ready, was he needs to come off, he's not in this game at all, and we're sort of losing the battles over that side. I didn't mind his performance. 
to be honest with you. I haven't minded any of his performances. He's not Jordan Young. Um, he's not Jordan Stevens. Um, he's probably not Will Dawes, but he has um he's filled a nice gap for us. And I, I haven't minded his his running between boxes. He knows how to make a defensive situation an attacking situation. Um, he's got a bit of the Andrew Oliver about him in the way that in either penalty area, it's not quite happening. Um, there are a couple of times where the ball drops to him and you're thinking, well, go on then, hit it. And he doesn't, he makes an extra pass or takes an extra touch. And I do wonder if there's a little confidence thing and maybe that's why he's with us because he's not quite got that from Barnet at the moment. So I didn't mind it at all. I think the change made sense. Um, their best player was Zach Bell by a mile. Um, and... You know, if you're getting no change out of somebody, you, you make it you make a change. I don't necessarily think it was massively negative on Senior's part, but I think he's yeah, he's he's been fine in his in this month. It's it's difficult. Come in cold and just be told, go there for a month and set the world alight and it's it's not easy, it's not difficult, it's not it's not it's not easy just to jump in and hit the ground running sometimes and I think he's made a pretty good fist of it. I think we've got such high standards and we've had we some yeah, such good players in those, in those positions that to come in and sort of, I mean, like we all really like Will Dawes. He's not scored, not scored, but just to get people, you know, on their feet when he picks up the ball and starts running at people. Mm. And I just think there's that sort of sentiment around Dawes and now we've signed Morgan as well. I, yeah. I just think, I think that one month loan will be, what I, it was at, at the start, really. Yeah, not to de- detract from the Taunton game. I like Dawes, but again, we need, like you say, we need to see more of him in the box, at least yeah. chipping in with more assists. I think there's some mad stat, like before Senior came in, it was 17 games, no goals, one assist. You need more from your winger than that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always a little bit careful with those stats. Because A, at this level, it's difficult to properly judge. I know goals and assists are fairly obvious, but you can see the impact that these people have on games. Yep. And, and for me, Will Dawes has impacts on games. Um, for me, with regards to seniors loan, I'd, I'd have it for another month just because I want to get us to a point where Stevens is not just back and available, but fit with a full complement. So even if we do have Dawes, Morgan and Young as your three priority players in those positions and senior is fourth i'd rather have senior fourth so that we don't have to rush stevens back into that into that quad so for me i would have senior for another month if that's the option because continuity better than having some other kids some other random come in and start again from a a flat spot i have no problem with senior missing out for a couple of games maybe or sitting on the bench and coming in and if we're two three nil up you take a chance to rest a player um or if you're down and you need to chase the game you take a take a defender off and chuck an extra forward-minded player on. So for me, I, I'd keep seeing you for another month and get Stevens back to being full fit. So we make the change, half-time. <laughs> Murphy comes on and a uh, bit of same sort of pattern emerged, really. It was still a bit bitty to want to try and break things up. Um, and then sort of we get that goal. It was always going to take either an error or a moment of real quality. And it was a goal made of two or three little moments of real quality. 
think the way the ball was broke, the way we sort of got the ball off a of taunter just on the halfway line and pressured them into that mistake. And Worthy's got to get that ball sort of perfect the needle. In, yeah. in between the, the two defenders. Frank's got work to do. Mm. <laughs> it's um it's not the easiest finish in the world because the, the Taunton defenders are sort of with him the whole way and he has to sort of take it out wide and put it onto his um his left foot, his weaker foot, and just manages to sneak it inside the post. But a great goal and uh, keep it gets a touch. So you were you were behind the goal, weren't you? I imagine <laughs> the replay. I don't think, and it may might be rather that we were behind the goal, but the replays that I've seen don't really do credit for how tight the angle looked mm. as yeah. he was running. Then you could you could see Newblay and the goalpost basically, and it looked like it, maybe maybe it wasn't as tight as it looked from being behind that goal. But I don't think the re- replay really did credit for how it looked. He stuck that in the net as it was steaming in as well. Um, hell of a finish, but what a ball free. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think it wasn't coming actually. I thought we came out a little bit more fired up for the second half. I don't think they knew quite as well how to cope with the change. And I think that sort of um, moving Murphy and Newblay up, up from together, they couldn't cope with that quite as easy, easy as they did with our setup in the first half. So I felt like it was coming when we came out for the second half, and it was more of a matter of time than in the first half. Um, but yeah, geez, what a ball and what a finish. That's a striker in confident mood, isn't it? It is It is an incredible ball. And, and you talk about the replays. The replay of the stream angle really highlights the the path the ball has got to take. It, there's not a huge alleyway to put that ball down, and it's absolutely pinpoint accurate. And then the HP source angle shows you how little of the goal Nublay's got to aim at. Yeah. And he's got to do it whilst knowing there's a defender trying to chop him down. Left foot, keeper gets a touch, but it's it with such force and such um, venom towards that far stick, it doesn't really matter that the keeper gets a touch. It's really, really good. And just, yeah, just a really nice... One of... we've had, I've had a few, but in terms of aesthetically pleasing goals, one of my favourite this season. Might not have been from the it furthest was. out. It might not have been a, a wonder strike that will get replayed a billion times on on social media and go viral or whatever. But it just was perfect in the context of the game. You need a moment of quality. Well, there was two: the ball through and the finish. New yeah. Blade looks in hot form at the moment as well. Tuesday night he was all over the pitch as well. Like he was getting back and doing a job in defence and at times, and you thought, God. What the hell is he doing back here? He was a bit of everywhere on Tuesday and he was looking to make things happen a little bit. Um, and I probably was quite critical of Nibley over most of the players at the start of the season because couldn't see it as much with him as some of the others. But when he's in form and finishing goals like that and four and four, like that's, that's two 1-0 wins in that, that that period of time as well, which is relied on goals from him. I, I'd i like to have a little word on Nublay in general, actually, because I think something that I have noticed and whether or not it's just sort of appearing for me oh, and everyone else is like, yeah, we've known this for a while. But I was typing up his post-match interview with Sheridan for the website and it struck me he's a 
damn big leader in this group now. And it's the little, it's just little phrases, just little bits and pieces that he says. He talks about um, uh, how he, he was getting the credit for the goal. And he talks about how it's great that it's me, but next week it'll be Murph and then it'll be Youngie and then it'll be someone else. And he's thinking about other people. He says, um, I'll, I'll read you a quote. I typed it up. I put it in bold because I liked it that much. He said, uh, it's a great group that's been here all season. They've been brilliant. The manager is trying to build a culture, blah, 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 blah. Make sure we produce for the supporters because they're the most important people here. We'll come and go as players and staff, but they just want to see a team that's fighting for the shirt. He ends the interview with a little joke about wrapping the league up by the end of February on HP Source. Everyone's looking at him. Who's the guy? Who's going to do the three cheers at the end? New Blaze deciding. Everyone's looking at him. Very senior players. Jake Hyde is looking at him to say, well, who's doing it? And then he takes time, waits for everyone to come over, ushers everyone over. It's just little, maybe, I'm going to say, if this has been obvious for three months, apologies that I've missed it. But I'm just noticing it. When you lose a player like Josh Staunton, you fear for how the group is going to be led. You have to because of the way that he led it. But actually, we're seeing now in Frank Nuble a real leader. And to do it on the pitch, but have the wherewithal to start doing it off the pitch and lead in all the other aspects as well and say the right words and make sure he makes time for the right things and saying the right words. Yeah, he's he's quickly quickly becoming someone who I'm very, very much admiring in this group. And I just felt like this was a good weekend to say, a good podcast to say after those few lines. And I think there's a few of them on that pitch as well. Who Probably, don't need, yeah. They don't need to have the armband to, wear the, to, yeah. to be a captain type figure. Yeah. Um, and that is probably coming through after. We didn't give manager made a joke the other night about a rocky period or maybe it wasn't a joke maybe it's actually aimed at people who said that we were going for a rocky period and we were in troubling times we weren't really i don't think the gap was ever less than six or seven points um but we're now looking to those players to say right get it over the line he you say it's a joke about having it wrapped up by february i think they're pretty damn serious about we want this done as quick as possible get us out this league with a record points total, whatever we're going all the way. And when you can turn to those faces, there isn't just a captain on the pitch who since taking the armband has really gone up in levels, in my opinion, and really starting to show probably that experience that he's had from a few years here of pretty hard times, actually having those people around him has made him, him a better player, but there's, there's probably three or four on that pitch, but like say new the one who, people seem to be looking to as well which is good yeah and i think the way he celebrates with like it's like if he could jump in the stand with the supporters he would like it there's so much energy and i think when you look at all the things he's doing off the pitch with the academy and um stuff like that he's properly um integrating yeah. with the whole like community as well it's not just i'm here to play football and here to get you over up i'm here to like some of those kids who go to the stuff on a sunday that him and sunny do like that's they'll be able to take that with them forever and say oh yeah i went to frank nubley's football academy when i was a kid and all this sort of stuff it's yeah like really important stuff off the pitch as well and like you said like the leadership that he shows Murphy shows 
Hyde shows when he comes on as well. There's that that determined, gritty performance where he thinks, well, I've got a chance here because obviously Josh Hours was about to come on for Charlie Cooper, who was um, banged up as well. Uh, Hyde comes on and, you know, does what he's been doing off the bench when he's come on as well. Like it, there's, like you said, in that back, that back five, like talk about leaders, Alex Whittle, one of the, like quite a unassuming, like player going quietly about his business, who is just so what consistent. A, what a player as well. What yeah. a player he is. In in yeah. how many other recent Yeovil teams would he be our best player? And he barely gets a shout out on this podcast because we're all up in Michael Smith and Nublay and Murphy and whoever else. He is arguably one of the signings of the season. Whittle goes up to National League and does a job for any team in there. Without easily. question. He's yeah, by without far question. the best um, left back in this league. Yeah, by without far. question. And without on question. Saturday, he moves up the pitch to play on the wing as well. Which now yeah. we've got Falston, he can do that. Yeah. And I and I have no problem having that on that left hand side. There's a lot of those little combinations now. We talk about Sonny in that same way. If he can do a 10, he could do the horrible bit in the middle. He could probably go wide for 20 minutes if you wanted him to. You should stick him up top as a little man alongside a big man. Well, Alex Whittle's a left back who you could stick him in left midfield. You could probably, because he knows his way around a tackle, if you had to stick him in the centre of midfield, you could probably get away with it for half hour just to see us through at the end of a game, just to bulk out that middle of, middle of the pitch. Um, Michael Smith was everywhere again. Michael Smith gave nobody nothing. You know, if there's ever a question about are these lads, you know, going to get complacent or um, sort of half arse a couple of games, he ain't going to let them. None of them. Nubla ain't going to let them. And there is that... Level. I gave my man of the match to Jake Wannell. I thought he was an absolute beast. Ross Stern's an idiot, and he just absolutely tore him a new one. <laughs> I did enjoy his step overs that Morgan William just stands, stands, and he, he just falls over and takes the ball off it. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, they were both brilliant again. That whole five. We win this league by a country mile by keeping 10, 12 more clean sheets, regardless of how many goals we score. Watsy, do you want to have the floor to talk about Michael Smith for a little bit? Um, can we last talk? Week, yeah, you? that's that was the my next port of call. <laughs> it happened. The meeting. Um, are you okay? Are we finished right? on Taunton before we get on to that? I. Anything else you'd like to add about Taunton? Uh, Murphy getting injured. Yeah. Also, Murphy's shot. What a shot! Yes. Oh, good How save. How has that not yeah. gone in the top corner? Great save. What a we'll save. Give- We'll give Lavacom a, a little save. bit of credit there for that one because that was a cracking save. Yeah. Um, and can I give a shout out to the uh, the linesman who was uh, in front of us um, at, a, at a great game? Um, started off early doors. We we applauded him for a couple of decisions. Uh, former Glover's Curse quiz champion Rob Manley asked him for the Wi-Fi, which got a laugh from the linesman. Then we just praised him all night and he gave no iffy decisions at all. He had a good, good game. Um. I wanted to ask, I did want to ask, because I watched one of those um, match day vlog things on on the YouTube um, of this lad who seems to go to a lot of Yeovil fa- uh, games. I'm not sure he's a Yeovil fan, but he goes to a lot of Yeovil games, and he said the away end was an experience. 
And I want to get your thoughts on what it was like in the UA end that night. Perfect segue to me asking why we had if we'd finished on Taunton or not. That, that, that wasn't okay. an accident. That wasn't an accident. So thanks for ruining the uh, the magic of podcast. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to go under the radar, Ben, and you get well, oh you wow, that was it. so fantastic. It. I thought it was a bit of a shambles on Tuesday night, if I'm honest. Um, I get that we're traveling in numbers at this level. Clubs are run by volunteers and they do a hell of a good job to make sure that we can go and watch football, right? So I'm not going to go and go in full full steam. I understand that this is a difficult task for everyone. And we sent our own stewards um, to support with the evening. However, I do want to call out a couple of things, which was the lack of ticket checks on the gate is a massive safety issue. They just checked that people had tickets, no scan of the QR code, wanted to get queues down as quickly as possible. And you could have walked into that stadium with absolutely anything. And I don't agree with the whole pattern down process, but also if they're then going to moan about people having smoke bombs in their way and maybe they should have checked the fans in the first place rather than trying to rush them through because they couldn't cope with the traveling numbers. Um, anyone could have got into that way and just a screenshot of the ticket, like say no QR codes were checked. Um, and tickets were pretty sought after for Tuesday night. Um, people were checking, um, people were posting on Facebook all day on Tuesday, Monday, Sunday, looking for spare tickets. I mean, literally, you could have just sent a picture of that to someone else and they could have walked in on the same tickets you had. Um, at least by a certain time, I think a few people had their QR code checked earlier in the night. And then finally, there was like three portalies for nearly a thousand fans. Um, water shambles. I did notice yeah. that the official capacity was listed as three thousand and one of the people that were in the ground. Is that right? Am I uh, that was the right number yeah, that was 3001 given? Three thousand and one yeah. was the attendance. Yeah, the official capacity of Wordsworth Drive, three thousand. Which one of you <laughs> tipped it over the official capacity <laughs> and broke all kinds of laws, according to the 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 absolute never wrong? Wikipedia capacity of Wordsworth Drive Taunton is exactly 3,000. They might be getting a, a phone call from the FA. One too many people in the ground. I didn't realize there was only three. Like, I could see that there was like Portaloos behind because I was down by the corner flag. I didn't realize there was that few considering that they were pouring pints and they had like, you know, plenty of drink there behind the goal for the supporters as well. Yeah. I would not have wanted to be one of the last ones in in those lose um, on the 90th minute because, yeah, yeah. I mean, my my experience was a bit different to yours, Elliot. I was sort of I was there early enough that my my ticket was scanned, but it like it quickly filled up, and I I was down by the corner flag, so I wasn't in the thick of it behind the goal. But yeah, it quickly quickly filled up behind us and around us, and you sort of think. It, it takes a bit of time to scan tickets and <laughs> get people in. Um, and like you said, uh, one of the guys with us said, "Oh, they obviously didn't do bag checks." I said, "Well, they didn't pat us. They didn't pat anyone. They didn't pat us down when you went in." So, <laughs> is it any wonder people could get stuff in? Like, like you said, the wrong, the, the wrong type of wronging comes in with something that's a bit more than a smoke bomb, and you've got quite a big problem on your hand so yeah another reason we need to get out of this 
rubbish league. Yeah. But credit to the Able fans who were pretty, especially yeah. in the second half, fantastic on Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It was other than the other than the smoke bomb, nothing nothing at all. It was uh yeah, just uh an enjoyable away day. Again, the evening ones are the evening ones are quite fun. Bath was fun once we scored a goal. Um <laughs> and this one was as well. Ben, and you won't the... like it, but I'm getting too comfortable with these getting home by ten thirty nights <laughs> with a with a detour by to McDonald's with Jess on the way back. It's what you it's get too comfy. Uh Big Mac Mill. Classic. Um I am right. I'm I'm quite quite jealous. I'm a little bit sad about it, the fact that I'm here. Um I'm so chuffed because if there's a supporter base um, that's deserved these nights over the last decade, we've got to be up there. So, look, my loss is, is 3,001's other people's gains. Um, yeah. But I, I can, we gotta, I can we go to Gates next, please? No. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's far for you, Ben. Why can't you just pick one that's closer to you? Um, Halifax, I think, thank you. I think the um, uh, the night was topped off with the uh, Taunton Town fans being asked to stay behind oh. while the <laughs> Town fans celebrated. And uh, yeah, they couldn't leave until we were all cleared out. So. <laughs> that's the wrong way around. I they don't know. Weymouth, a couple of years ago when we played Did Weymouth they? in the league on the bank holiday. All the Weymouth fans were told to stay behind. They did, and... they did it there in the Cup last year as well. We only had like 300 fans or whatever. I think, though, there's something to do with probably the the dressing rooms are in that corner where the fans yeah. come out. So I don't know if that's anything to do with it as well, but they obviously blocked the tunnel. Well, I say tunnel, the gate area off the road <laughs> for the players to get through to their portal cabins to get unchanged afterwards. And it was quite a different vibe to when we left last season and uh, the bitter cuffs between our own players on the pitch. It was, um, yeah, felt like we'd put that one to bed, which is uh, quite nice. And driving back down the 303 last year was, um, I remember listening to Jeff 21 and there was loads of fans on it that night because we'd lost 2-0 in the FA Cup there. And um, it was quite a sad night. I think I welled up in the car on my way home. And um, it's got got shivers thinking about that period, actually. But it was um, pretty difficult times to be a Yeovil fan. Um, Hmm. And to actually put that one to bed. And the the question I had for you, Ian, was uh, did you have the same experience of the A303 in the direction of Yeovil just being absolutely packed as well? There was just a stream of cars, like, heading in the direction of Yeovil, nothing coming the other way. Uh, We managed to get out quite quickly. So it was, I mean, there, there there was nothing coming, yeah, like Taunton way, but yeah, we managed to get out really quickly and, like you said, flew home. I think it was, I think I was back home by quarter past twelve, uh, quarter past ten. Done then. Was uh, yeah, it's nice, <laughs> very nice. Um, should we take some questions? There is a Michael Smith question. What's he? So we can, we can get you. Uh, I tried get you not to overdo time. it on the Taunton game. <laughs> We haven't we haven't asked we we kind of we we have digressed away from you meeting Michael Smith. Is that yeah, in the well, question? Oh, is that there in the question? question? That's fine. Yeah, okay, that's so we'll what get I'm to getting that. at. 
That's yeah. fine. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I've just realised there's no Dave. Do you need me to do any of these question things? No, I'm I'm prepped. Don't you worry. Good, I'm hoping you're writing down titles though, Ben. Oh Jesus Christ! I, 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 that was said tongue in cheek. Right, let's rattle through these because traitors is on in twenty minutes. Yes, uh, it is. Who is you? <laughs> what a ben crap cliffhanger last night, by the way. For oh. anyone watching um, traitors, I thought it was a shambles. <laughs> she must say something. She must say something big, and by the time you listen, you'll know. Um, here is you with Jeff Stelling's Twitter rant. Uh, Jeff has had a moan about National League streaming. Uh, joining Ben Barrett's feisty emails. Uh, does this mean chance for the National League? Uh, the National League will get its shambolic match streaming sorted and deliver a decent service. Christ, I hope so. I think Jeff's hope- going to have a go at on uh, his show on Talksport on Monday, isn't he? About it. So, yeah, yes. They won't get sorted. They get nothing sorted. The thing, the thing is, right, is that I don't think any of the issues that I've had are actually to do with the clubs. I think the issues are at Stream AMG because I had trouble with the home one, and I've never had trouble with the home one recently because we've got good facilities at Hewish Park, and it's all set up for that. Like, it, oh, fine, if it's a problem at Taunton, Taunton was probably the best one we've had in a while for watching the stream. Um, for what it's worth. I had sent the National League and Stream AMG a whole bunch of questions, just general questions, but also kind of being a bit pokey and a bit proddy about some of the stuff, asking about refunds and whatnot and how many they'd been through and how much clubs had received and all the rest of it, blah, 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 blah. And I've had no response back from um, from either Stream AMG or the National League. And it was 10 days ago. I, it was New Year's Day I did it. It's such a good service as well for people who can't make it to games. Just bloody get it sorted out because, yeah. like I say, it's ev- it's everywhere this season, so it can't be to do with the clubs because it yeah. was never bothered before. Just for God's sake, get it, it sorted. It's awful. It really is terrible. And, yeah, there's some dodgy camera work occasionally and some the Taunton didn't have any audio. There was no commentary. Well, it, if Yeovil can put BBC Somerset through or probably three valleys if they wanted to, why can stream AMG not make it so that Peacock's radio go through for Taunton? I don't, I don't understand. It's that hit and miss element of it. You don't, you're buying a ticket in quite a large amounts of trepidation as to what you're going to experience. And that's not right. I think we're quite lucky. Uh, well, we're very lucky at Curious Park because we've got great facilities and the camera just is, is right next to the mm. ISDN box and, plug into the BBC yeah, commentary and it's all there whereas the press box or the press bench in at Taunton is on the opposite side to where the camera was um so it's but, all a bit yeah it all depends do, on facilities but it does all depend on facilities but then you are starting to get really for it, are they? which is when you start getting into the conversation of well am I paying £9.50 for the same product at Hewish Park, I'm paying £9.50 for a much better product than I am paying £9.50 at Taunton. Now, I don't know whether that means that Taunton games should be cheaper because you're getting less of a product. I don't know whether that means your other games should be more expensive because you're getting more of a product. I don't know where that lands. But right now, it shouldn't be such potluck that you even get a stream service whatsoever. The Bath game was unwatchable for the first 20, 25 minutes. Pathetic. And I've not even had an acknowledgement of my refund request email. There we go. Uh, Jeff, do us Andy a favor. Cleave. Andy Cleave. I think he's called the Taunton Raider by Dave. So I better, better do that. 
Um, how starstruck out of seven was Watsy when he met the best right back we have ever seen in Michael Smith? This is your moment, Watsy. I wasn't too starstruck. I mean, I was lies. delighted to have All the chance. Lies. I was delighted to have the chance to meet him. I was delighted to ask him about him handballing it against Celtic last season. Ask him a few questions about his um time up in Scotland and his yeah, seems a seems a lovely bloke. Um, really nice guy. Travels down with uh J Day as well. They've got a little carpool going on. Um, yeah, just had a good chat and uh the gaffer took the photo as well. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the, Mark what, Keeper what, said Mark Keeper said no gushing I've seen what you write about him on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely throwing you under a bus there hasn't he yeah <laughs> uh, well what a player what a player I mean I see Luke Ayling's contract's up at the end of the season and I'd still rather have Michael Smith there you are <laughs> I um, um I think I annoyed too many people last time I was on by getting into that alien-based conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why no one's invited you on, Watson. Maybe. It's not the case. Well, what do you mean, uh, no one? You can do it too. You're in charge around here. Uh, sometimes. Uh, here is you with YTF, uh, YT, Yellowtown Women's Football Club, <laughs> maintaining a 100% record of going top of the Somerset Women's League Division 1 last Sunday, is win them all actually a realistic proposition rather than a tongue-in-cheek joke in their case? Hope so. Smashing it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Considering their first game got abandoned because of the goalkeeper yeah. breaking their leg, they've um, they've just gone from strength to strength, haven't they? So, huge credit. We do put James James's reports on the website. Um, if anyone's going, <laughs> all right, Elliot. Sorry, choking, choking, <laughs> choking on the perfect record from the women. Um, if anyone's going and wants to write about it and is going to a game and take some photos and whatever and let us know what's going on, hit us up. But yeah, go ahead and win them all, girls. Might as well. Agreed. Uh, Clevo has HMS pissed the league well and truly conquered. Would you rather win the league at home to Torquay or away to the Seagull Botherers? I just want to win the damn thing. I don't care where, I don't care when, I don't care how. Win the damn thing. Yeah, and I actually think carry on at this sort of trajectory, then we're going to get have it done before we play before. either of them. Possibly, yeah. If we yeah. had Weymouth tomorrow, it would be wrapped up. Because there's more, there's more points than um would be on offer, so it would be um, tricky. We had a message from uh, Michael West, who said that we are nearly National League Southwest champions. In the head to head to head to head, as it stands, Yeovil played seven. Uh, one six drawn one points nineteen. Bath City played eight one three lost four drawn one points ten. Taunton the bottom of that particular table. Played five yet to win one. Two losses five uh, three draws. So we are very nearly top of National League Southwest. Yeovil, Bath, Torquay, Western, Weymouth, Chippenham, Taunton. Nice, very good. Uh, Jonathan Hooper, if you were a player and you had a chance to get away for the mid-season R&R, 
where would you go and who would you go with? They've been straight out, haven't they? They haven't hung about. Jake Warner went uh, off to think... Marrakesh in about 10 minutes. Yeah, I think some of them just went straight up the M5 and <laughs> got the hell out of town. I, I saw Sonny's in Finland. I'd like to I'd like to explore Scandinavia. I didn't know uh, any of them had gone away. Yeah, yeah. Jake Warner's in Marrakesh. Just buggered off to Morocco after about 10 seconds. Straight off the nice. bus. Off to Morocco. Um I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Scandinavia. This time of year, Baltic cold, six feet of snow. Yeah. Are I've... you mad? I went I went to Canada this time of year a few years back, a number of years back. Um God, getting off for seven, eight years ago now. Um and yeah, it was minus twenty most days. Fantastic. Yeah, I'd it be... was so cold my phone stopped working. My phone couldn't function. Straight to the Canary Islands for a bit of winter sun or somewhere like Marrakesh. I think like Marrakesh, Egypt, the flight's probably too long because they're only going to have four days. They'll have to be back on Monday. I mean, that's a long... You don't want to spend most of your time in the air, do you? No. You, thinking like it. You want to get to the, get somewhere quickest, but I don't think I don't think central Spain is hot enough. Anyway, there, there we go. I'd go to the Canary Islands. Um... I don't know where I'll go. Probably Cornwall. <laughs> uh, uh, Craig McCann wants to know how many pairs of socks were the correct amount of socks to wear on Tuesday night? N plus one. N plus one is the answer to this. You like, n- I don't think anything would have kept your feet properly warm on Tuesday night. Not also, even starting a small fire in the away end. <laughs> not even starting a small fire. Also, me and Craig always make the mistake of wearing Adidas shoes, which must oh. be named worldwide as being oh. the coldest pair of shoes to wear. Can't wear Adidas. Boots. Always boots. What's Some it? proper shoes. <laughs> Football boots. <laughs> Just in case you in case, you know, you might be needed on the pitch at some point. Uh Craig McCann wants to know who is honestly chairman of the Michael Smith fan club. Is this a co-chairman situation? I think it, I think it probably has to be. I mean, he's at home crying about the fact that I've met him now. So oh dear. Yeah, we won't upset him too much. You, you might have just done that though. <laughs> On the record as well. When um, I rang yeah. Jess, when I rang Jess to say, oh, you won't believe it. She was like, she just was like, can couldn't believe that I'd actually done it. <laughs> You're a grown man. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, I just, all I did was go out for a walk at lunch. I didn't go snooping around the training ground. It's all lies. I, I don't believe a word of it. Snooping around the training ground. I bumped it, or Mark Keeper pulled over for a chat and said, Are you coming down? And I said, I'll, I'll come down if I can meet Michael Smith. <laughs> 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 oh, what are you doing here? I wasn't going to come this way. you training. <laughs> I, the you come office here often is on this football pitch. The office is next door to the training. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Have you got a view where you can see it at all times as well? <laughs> oh, he's out there. I'm going for a walk. I'm going to peer Running. out. Am I going to go for my lunch break just yet? No, no, I'm not. I'm going to give him a little <laughs> bit more time to walk up. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Really, it's ten thirty. Why are you going for lunch now? Well, that's... Uh, uh, Dexter Tyson, what was your favourite meal as a child, and do you still have that now? I've just had 
fish fingers, chips and peas. That was my favorite as a kid. Wow. My great grand used to make the most incredible cottage pie with the tin of soup that I told Dave about. That always takes me back. And if I'm ever feeling a bit down in the dumps, I will make that cottage pie because it makes me feel amazing. Is it the They've same? Made it as make well, it yourself, though, or is it better when someone makes it for you? Like I, mine was toad in the hole, but my mum was the the only person who could make it exactly like how you'd like it. You've just done the Italian, like <laughs> oh, did the hole? Hey, <laughs> I don't think it's an Italian dish. <laughs> I toted the hole for tea tonight, actually. Did you? It was nice. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, very did nice. Ellie's mum make it? No. no oh. it like it. In, that, in that case, it probably doesn't taste right. <laughs> it was wrong. It was all wrong. Yeah. Uh, Sam Gregory, what are your thoughts on Mark Robinson leaving the board and presumably YTFC? Seemed a decent bloke. What's it? You spent a bit of time with Mark on the old bikes, didn't you, a couple of seasons ago? Yeah. Um. I haven't actually managed to speak to Mark this week, but I um, plan on dropping him a text at some point. Obviously, don't know what's happened there, but um, seemed to do fantastic things for the club. Um, seemed to be a good guy and stuck around for a long time um, and was always sprinting around Huge Park and on match days as well. So, um, yeah, interesting development there. Spoke really highly on my 17-hour mammoth extravaganza regarding the pink day. Um, spoke really well. Uh, every time we've had interactions with him, they've they've normally been positive. So hopefully he goes on and finds something cool because, yeah, he's always been good by us. Yeah, agreed. Agreed there. Always um, nothing's too much. Nothing was too much when you asked for help in hand and stuff. So, yeah, a real shame, but I'm sure he'll go on and do some good stuff elsewhere. Uh, Mr. Pro Pilot says, seeing as HP Source produced a fantastic clip, what is the funniest Yeovil Town clip? Oh. I'm assuming the HP Source clip he's referring to is Ross Stern, 89 step overs, and then falling step flat overs. on his backside. Um, funniest clip. Albert Adoma dancing with the band. It's got to be up there. They're band big moments. Band is a loose term, Ben. Mm. Still... Dancers with microphones. <laughs> Albert Adoma dancing with the dancers with microphones. It's got to be up there, isn't it? What about Doofus, say, one yard out? Hartlepool in the cup, was it? And it is went funny or is that viral? Just... <laughs> yeah, of course it's funny. If if you're I've talking got about... the answer, I've got the answer. Tom Knowles penalty knocking the hat off yes. the stewards. Yeah. That was just there what I was go. about to say. If we're talking about viral clips, that's got to be right up there. Uh, Will Nublay and the Because s- <laughs> <laughs> it was dark times, Watsy. <laughs> we won that shootout. Yeah. Somehow. Pushed out by positive memories. <laughs> that was that was shagger hips. That's what that, that was a good day. <laughs> it was a bad shootout, though. <laughs> it's when Lawson swore on. The radio, wasn't it, as well? And the referee. What a day. <laughs> um, will Nublay end the season with more goals than Murphy? Oh. I need to know how many they've both got. I don't know how many they've both got. No, so yes or no, Ben? Yeah, but how many they've both got? I need to know. They're close. Um, 
on current form, yeah. Yeah, he will. I'm going to say no. Are we going just league or cup as well? Because he got about 14 against Stoneham, didn't he, Murph? So <laughs> Overall, all, all competitions. Mm, in that case, maybe not. Murphy finds a way as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Finds a way. Are they on? Are they, it's 10 and, it's, according to BBC, it's 10 and 9. Is that right? Murphy 10, Nuble 9, Young yeah, 10. Yeah, I think well. it's, it's, it's close. Yeah. Three, having three goal scorers in double figures. Well, we've only got two. <laughs> well, no, I know, but Young is going to get there, isn't it? He's already there, according to this. Or Nubles. Whoever's not is going to get there. <laughs> no one's on like 20 yet, though, are they? Which is... um. Yeah, but you don't need to if you've got... No, which shows everyone's five, chipping Williams in. Three. Thomas. Uh, and when do you think the injury crisis is going to begin? Oh, We've yeah. already had a few close calls and it could get worse. Nah. Not going to happen. Looking after him. We're looking yeah. after him, bro pilot. It's okay. Uh, John M, bit of a random one on this, but here we go. Is it possible to make a team of Yeovil players past and present with the surname Smith? I've managed to build the spine of a squad, but I'm struggling in the wide positions and up front. Ben, you've done it. What's he's done it? Quick fire from back to front. What's he done? Okay. Uh, me and Jess did this earlier. Tried to keep it on all players that we knew, apart from one at the end needed a bit of good. Google. Um, so I've got Grant Smith in goal, Michael Smith, um, Adam Smith, who you might remember as being a keeper. Yeah, he's in at centre back, but that'll be fine. That's fine. Also, he was involved in Leicester winning the league through the butterfly effect. So centre back will do him fine. Um, Nathan Smith, Jimmy Smith, Corey Smith, Ben Smith, Connor Smith, Alex Smith make up the midfield. AJ Let Smith is playing up front with a striker from 1936, Reggie Smith, or 1939, I think. That was the only one that relied upon Google. Um, I think most people know most of that team, so I'm pretty proud of that. It's a great effort, by the way. It's a great effort. I, I did I did almost all Googling. First of all, I looked up Alex Smith. I then looked up who he was and looked pictures of him. That man has never played for the Overtown Football Club. I don't care who you are <laughs> or what he is. I have never seen that man in green and white in my life. There's so many players from that era who you're like... 2014-15, apparently. Yeah. He played six times. No, he didn't. We just, we're just making people up now. Um, I've gone Grant in goal as well. Michael, George Smith went in at centre-back um, from the 1930s for me. Nathan Smith at the left of the three. Corey, Ben, Connor, Alex in the middle. Jimmy in behind. I forgot all about AJ Leach Smith. Didn't account for the double barrelers. That was my problem. So Trevor has gone up front from the 1940s. And I also have Reggie. But did you read Reggie's awesome additional fact, Elliot, on his Wikipedia? No. Reggie Smith, who played for Yeovil at some point in the early 1940s, also entered Wimbledon three times. Not the town, the competition. How did he get on? Does it matter? How many times <laughs> have you entered Blumen Wimbledon? <laughs> How cool is that? That we had a player that um, maybe this is where Michael West will be pinging his ears going, I need to find out more about this man. Pinging his ears? Yeah, when you're like, you're like your little radar pings on your ears. Um, from this Heritage Society, I want to learn more about Reggie Smith and how many times he played for Yeovil and how many times he played at Wimbledon. And so, yeah. Okay, over to Facebook. 
traitors it is nine o'clock god damn it um you were uh, aware of how catch-up tv works right <laughs> yeah. yeah but it doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> i want to live it live um nothing beats live tv i know it's not live but nothing beats watching it as it's going on in case i see a spoiler because i like to look at my phone and then stuff pops up uh question from uh yeovil town's chairman martin hellier uh, what three distinctly different food offerings would you have in the fan zone upgrade next season for example pizza fried chicken or burgers I'm taking pizza and fried chicken straight off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah. How are you doing pizza? Are you doing like oven, oven baked individual ones or slices or like Greg style, mass produced and heated up? Yeah, I don't really care. Greg's pizza okay. is some of the best pizza in the world, mate. <laughs> oh, massive, How... massive difference of opinion here. Greg's pizza is dodginess. No, it reminds me of the cool school canteen pizza. It's almost sugary. I hate Greg's pizza. It's the only pizza in the world I really dislike. Um, anyway, sorry, I apologise. Um, is there a place for a jacket spud van? We've got jackets, haven't we, I think? Have we got jackets? Mm. I don't know. I haven't been there for fucking Rebel. We had jackets. I don't know if we still do, but we definitely had. Okay, well, that... that... I'm going to pitch Big Yorkies, like at Glastonbury. Oh, yes. Big Yorkshire Giant pudding wraps. Yorkshire puddings with... With like mashed potato, all the veg, pork, yeah. I tell you what would be cool, and I've no idea if this scales up, but at Farsley Celtic, they have the the pies are like literally produced at a butcher's about five hundred meters away from the ground. Um, I've no idea how that scales up or whether or not that's physically a thing, but I wonder if it might be quite cool to have. Even if you just offered it up and offered like a pitch up, you have a company pay for a pitch, and they come I'm gonna. Down the- I'm going to come in with Giros as well. I think Do that it, would yeah. be a great shout. At, at, at what point do we just get a kebab van in? I'd be there. <laughs> I guess it I guess it depends on who you're catering to. If people are there longer, you've got time to have a pizza cooked in a proper oven and then given to you as an individual or to sit down and have a, a Yorkshire pudding thing and a, or a jacket spud. If you're got people there longer you've got scope to have something more significant like a tray of something you have a spice box tray or a whatever it might be rather than just hot dog grab go throw it down you get gone yeah i don't know this is getting way off topic now but uh um van zone upgrade would be really cool to see how it works and i don't know if yoga fans too much in the mentality of going straight at home after a game but I'd love to see the opportunity to sort of have that open post-match as well, potentially. Um, maybe it doesn't work in winter if you're outside, of course, but I don't know. I know yes, the bar's you, open, you, but... If you've got a band there anyway. Yeah. And you've there. got people sort of going past it as well, whereas people might not go out to the bar as much, whereas you, you might come out and stop for a quick pint before you go. Um, there might be the opportunity to you know, get some dinner because otherwise it involves either getting a takeaway or going that's to have on the way home. Yeah, I suppose I if you're a great you... shout, have a drink, have a drink behind the game, have a bit of a natter about the game, also alleviate some of that traffic leaving all at mm. once, the mass exodus that occurs. And if you win, yeah. you're hanging around, right? Yeah, and if uh, exactly. you're, you're finishing at five, it's about tea time. 
yeah. you're getting to that point where actually you might want to how many how many people will call in via Palmer's or well, it doesn't exist anymore is it um how many people will call in via McDonald's or something on the way home that's a yeah that's that that's a really interesting way of going about it but you might need them to be slightly more significant meals rather than just grabbing a hot dog or a burger or something yeah it's not it's not necessarily just about the food i think there's probably drink potential in there mm. and yeah. all of that yeah i mean me and jess spoke about it before because otherwise we just go to Asda or just go and get a takeaway on a saturday night like is there actually a chance to keep people around spending more money that goes back into the club not easy to do but worth exploring probably Palmer's does still exist, by the way. Ben. Oh, does it? I thought it had closed down. No, nah, that's the one in the middle of town. Uh, There's okay. one, yeah, right in the middle of Fine. town. Apologies. Uh, Ryan Croucher, oh, Dave's not here for this one. Uh, with the win on Tuesday night, are we mathematically safe from relegation? No, not yet. No. Eastbourne, who I think are fourth bottom, can still get like 80 points because there's still so many to play for. Uh, and Ian and Ben, and we need to get Watsy's view here. Was that the first nail in the coffin of hopes for anyone looking to challenge us in the second part of the season? What stops would you like to see on the open bus top parade, uh, open top bus parade in February? Um, was it the first nail in the coffin? No, I think that was at Bath. I think that was the Bath game. I think that was the first nail. Um, we probably need a few more nails if we're being totally serious. I know we had a bit of a joke about it last year, week about all eyes on that Western Supermare game. There are hurdles to overcome and that's fine because I think we've got everything about us to overcome them. I really do. Um, there isn't a game left that scares me. We aren't going to be perfect. We'll drop points somewhere. I think that Avely game's got banana skins written all over it. Um, but there's nothing there that scares me now. Nothing. First, The first nail for me was Bath. Because they're a proper team and they didn't fancy it against us at all. Well, if proper teams aren't fancying it against us, then what hope do the rest have? Is it over, Watson? Uh, it's never over till it's officially over. Um, although the last few weeks I've said if we get through that period and get up to that tournament game and, yeah. and maintain that run, it's all but done. Um, I just... Yeah, don't want players to get into that mentality. They've got a weekend off this week. They come back, see out January. Um, and yeah, we we we're there or thereabouts now, aren't we? And I think it's going to take something incredibly bad for a ten game swing and someone to catch us. And this lot just don't look like they have it in them. Um, the next nail is potentially Maidstone. I was just going to say Maidstone. that's the next nail, isn't it? And it's almost regardless of how we get there. At home, two games between now and then, Hemel and Slough away. That's an open game, ain't going to be easy. But you come away unscathed and go to Maidstone, and that's another big nail a week before their big FA Cup game or a week after, or whatever it is. Week after, isn't it? Uh, a final question here from Jonathan Adams When do you think we can fit in the Avely fixture? I was hoping Monday the 15th, but they have an Essex Cup game that evening. would be good to get a game in 10 days without Yeovertown playing. It's too long. It kind of depends on whether or not they win on Saturday in the trophy, but there are two 
obvious Mondays. And just if anyone doesn't know, Avery play home games on Mondays because they don't have priority on their own football pitch. Um, and that is the Monday in between Maidstone and Tonbridge, which I think is the 5th and the week after. So I guess the 12th. Those two February Mondays stand out, but it may have to change. If they progress and another one of their games gets knocked, that might have to go into the Monday instead as a priority. But if they were to lose on Saturday, I would expect it to be announced for early Feb. No further questions, Your Honour. We've got the weekend off, much like Mark Cooper and his lads. I'm not off the no Marrakesh, podcast on No, no, just staying here in the cold. <laughs> is it cold enough for you, Ben, or not? It's you getting want it there. To be colder, right? It is getting there. Yeah, give us some snow yeah. and I'll be, I'm, I'm ready to talk. No, you're not. <laughs> I love a snow day. You live on a steep hill, don't you? Yeah. Snow days don't exist anymore with hybrid working, so it's just it's pointless. Right. Thank you very much for joining us, Watsi. Thanks for having me. As always. And we will catch up next week ahead of the visit of Hamel Hempstead to Hewish Park. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal!